0: Welcome to the Major Journey Podcast, where we showcase stories from cannabis industry power players. Guests take us on journeys and immerse us in the roller coaster ride, both in and out of the cannabis space that brought them to where they are today. Throughout our conversations, guests share valuable lessons they've learned along the way that listeners can use to empower growth in their personal and professional lives. Today's special guest has been bringing people together and hosting events for over five years. The beginning of his journey consisted of working with a startup taking it from inception through early stage growth to successfully exiting to work on new projects in both the cannabis and CBD industry. His work with companies like Airbnb, Facebook, Prana, and other fast growth organizations has allowed him to see and truly understand what makes people connect, share ideas, and create synergy in their working potential. Since then, he has been leading masterminds for CBD entrepreneurs, as well as creating events that provide the highest value for both business and leadership in the cannabis industry, Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Matt Ritchie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here. So happy to be here to share my story and just to uh, be a part of the, the major journey podcast. It's, it's
0: an honor to have you. So, Matt, one of the things that, and your expertise and vantage point is so relevant for the times that we're going through right now. Um, you've got a lot of expertise in, in business and also leadership. What are some of the leadership qualities that you think are essential for a lot of entrepreneurs? Maybe they're, you know, solopreneurs riding solo or, you know, maybe they have an organization that they're trying to to help navigate through these these crazy times. What are some of the qualities of the leaders that you see succeeding and winning that will ultimately come out of this stronger than than they went in?
1: It's a great question, because uh, as you mentioned right now, more than ever, leadership is probably the you know, key ingredient to an organization being successful. I mean, if you look at our country, you know, whatever you feel about our president, you know, potentially been a lack of leadership. Right. And we see what's you know, what's kind of transpired and all of that. So leadership, as you mentioned, is, is kind of a blanket you know, topic, right? It's like marketing or sales. You know, it's like leadership mm-hmm. is very, very broad. Um, so to, to say, which which exact um, qualities you need, you know, may be a little bit specific depending on what you know, who you are, what team you're leading, and all that. But what I will say is the most important part of that is that we embody the leadership. It's embodied leadership. So it's one thing mm-hmm. to you could have the best tips, you can have the best things that are going to work for your team, but if you are not personally doing them, if you are not embodying the practices then your team is not going to do the same. The team is not going to take your lead, right? So in order to be a leader, we have to embody whatever it is, whether it be, you know, a sense of calmness, a sense of, you know, safety, you know, all these things that we need at an unconscious level to feel empowered to create, empowered to do our job. You know, all these things that a great leader kind of, if you think of great leaders, you think of like this, like, you know, stoic, like serene, like, powerful figure, right? And, and to a certain degree, that's that's true. But what real modern day leadership is, is really about connection and, you know, communication. And when a, when a team member can communicate and connect, and they can see your empathy, they can see your embodied practices, then they are so much more committed to, you know, doing the work and or, you know, making steps and strides in their own personal day-to-day, you know, embodiment of these practices. So, tons of things we could go into and more than happy to do that. But in general, embodiment of the practices for a leader is the most important thing for leadership moving forward, because people are seeing the lack of embodiment for the people who are saying these things. Like look at Gavin Newsom. I don't know if you saw this on the news, but he's telling everyone, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't eat, whatever. And then he's inside eating with people, you know, no so everything you're not supposed to do. Right. So what is he, he's wow. lost all credibility. Like I have zero credibility for the guy, right. He's not embodying, things that he speaks about so it's one thing for me to not agree with the things he says it's another thing for him to completely disembody those those practices it just proves everyone else right it just proves like he, that he didn't really believe that he's not doing that he's not embodying those practices So i think that's the number one thing for any leader in 2020. that
0: makes perfect sense and i think i think everybody listening could agree with that you know why would you why would you want to take advice from somebody who's not even taking their own medicine. Um, and so let's, let's kind of rewind a little bit, you know, how did you, how did you become, you know, you were, you're always Matt Ritchie, but now how are you CEO of Mr. Cannabis? Like, how did all of this, this come about? Did you, did you envision, you know, playing a role in the cannabis space really ever since you were you know, younger or did it kind did you kind of just stumble into this role and, and find yourself here?
1: Definitely. Definitely a little bit of stumbling for sure. Uh, you know, growing up in Pennsylvania, uh, I definitely did not think about cannabis or, or any kind of drugs in a good way. I had D.A.R.E. programming. I had the whole whole system of, you know, from cannabis to heroin's all the same. It's all drugs. It's all bad. It's all you know, these people who are doing these. They're all criminals. These are bad people. All this programming, right? So, Definitely didn't have any visions of like being in the cannabis space or, or you know growing up in the '90s. I mean, there was no cannabis space. I mean, California was the first state to um, you know legalize it in '96 for you know medicinal purposes. Obviously, since then it's caught a lot of steam and we've, we've come a long way. But to answer your question, like I never really considered ever being in the cannabis space, um, and I never really honestly used cannabis. I'm about to turn 37. I never used cannabis until a decade ago. I was 27 years old and um that's not true i used three times when i was 12. so when i was 12 i got connected with some people Uh, i was a snowboarder and these people were like you know smoking a bowl before we go uh, uh, you know snowboard and, and hit the hill and it was pretty cool like i actually enjoyed it for the few times i did it but then right after that i got out of that crowd of people and i started racing motocross full time i got like super super focused super committed so i actually never used alcohol cannabis anything until i didn't even use alcohol until i was almost 21 which is the legal age, obviously, but most people started drinking much <laughs> earlier than in high school. Right, I didn't do right. any of that. I was very, very focused. So anyway, I had the programming of cannabis is bad. It's a drug. I had the idea that alcohol is our friend, that it's this tool that we can use for relaxation or for whatever. And, um, you know, that really got flipped on its head uh, about, man, seven years ago now, by like 2014. Um, you know, really quick, I don't want to go too deep in that. But basically, I, I was, you know, like anyone else, I was a casual drinker. And uh, me and my wife went on vacation in Hawaii. We had a couple of drinks. We went to watch the sunset and I kind of watched, watched, you know, walk the beach. And I like, went to like take this deep inhale and I literally couldn't feel my breath. I couldn't feel my chest, but I kind of like did this deep breath and it just felt numb. I kind of just felt like this like total disconnecting from the moment. And it was like, it was like a light switch. Literally like in that minute, I was like, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to feel disconnected from my body. And it was really interesting from that moment on, I drank less and less and less. And now I, I still really enjoy a good beer, a good wine. There's still really great beverages. I just do one. I just really enjoy one at a time and never drink socially. Um, you know, bringing that back around cannabis on the other hand has taken in you know, in, in the space to a certain degree of, of alcohol. right? I can use it for relaxation. I can use it to, to, to escape and have a really great time with friends and, and, and my partner or now i can use it and i can titrate very very easily you know small doses mini doses micro doses um, you know tinctures vaporizers we have all these ways of consuming cannabis um, that are, are different than they were 10 years ago or even you know like say when people started you know just smoking cannabis you know millions of years ago i'm sure that they uh you know the titration was much different but i'm sure right now we have more technology than ever you know on our planet and the idea that we can basically take like a microdose of this little plant, and then it can like you know essentially light up our endocannabinoid system and give us some, some maybe some um, clearer thoughts, or they can give us some feeling of relief of stress. It's kind of amazing to think that we have this plant that does that. So full circle. Never really dreamed of being in the cannabis industry for the last ten years. I've really started to shift from you know using alcohol to cannabis, and now for the last five years, I've really been working um, both with myself and some clients. How to best titrate? Like how to basically master your cannabis use so that you can use it powerfully, so you can use it intentionally, and then you can use it, um, you know, consistently. Because what I notice is a lot of people are just whether you're just wake and bake and you're blazing all day. There's a there's a power in the contrast. There's a power of of stopping of not using cannabis for even a day, right? If, if everyone's out there and you've taken a tolerance break for an hour for a day, three days a week you know, this, this year in January, I took a month off. And after that month, man, it's like, it's like all new. Can you imagine like, you know, the first time you use cannabis, but like now it really can, you can really reset your body after a period of time where it'll feel almost like that first time again. Anyway, kind of got off topic, but the, uh, the point being cannabis has been a tremendous, um, you know, empowerment for my life, getting away from alcohol and now using it as a tool for my empowerment on a daily basis.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people referring to cannabis more as like an unlocking tool and it kind of just helps them optimize their, their mind and
1: body for the day. Um, Matt,
0: a question for you. What's your, what's your Instagram handle?
1: Um, So the one we've been building out is uh, Mr. Cannabis events. So the the Mr. Cannabis brand, so we've been kind of building that the the whole The whole idea behind Mr. Cannabis is the idea of legalization, the idea of embodiment of the good practices, of the good qualities that we know that this plant can give. And to really highlight people uh, who are using it and people who are uplifting the plant as a medicine, as a tool for our society. Because like I say, now more than ever, we need tools that are going to benefit us. We need to get off opioids and things that are you know, drowning us out, and really tune in to what's current and what's you know real for us. And I think cannabis is that plant. Cannabis can help the collective tune in more.
0: Yeah, that's that's all awesome. And for for everybody listening, I strongly encourage you to go uh, check out Mr. Cannabis on Instagram. So Mr. The cannabis host... USA
1: is our main handle, and then we have Mr. Cannabis events that I've been building out for this last year. Is kind of like my more thing. So my business partner, Mr. Cannabis himself, he was the one that helped legalize. Uh, cbd and cannabis in this in the country of brazil so they kind of gave him a moniker of mr cannabis just as a sense of like hey like you helped bring this plant to us and like I say his mission since then since 2015 is to bring legalization to as many places as possible and help to destigmatize this plant
0: yeah that's incredible <laughs> i was speechless there for a second um But yeah, to all the listeners, I encourage you to go check out um, and follow all the content that Matt's posting on Instagram. A lot of it actually has to do not just with cannabis, but also some of the supplemental and complementary work that you can do as far as mindfulness. Um, Taking, you know, just taking a moment in the morning and just really soaking in the moment, meditation, yoga, things like that. Um, And Matt, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, I'm super curious about this, is breathwork. I've seen you post a handful of times about breathwork and I'm trying to get into it. And so as someone who's fairly new to it, can you kind of break down for me, what exactly is breathwork? Because for me, it's a little difficult to understand breathwork versus meditation and how those two things differ and how we can use breathwork as an unlocking tool to maybe you know get us through some stressful moments or to kind of set the tone for the day.
1: Love it. great question. So, just to give you your first distinction, you know, breath work is really just the the ability to use your breath as a tool in the, in the moment, right? So, like breath work sounds you know mysterious or whatever, but it's just the ability to use your your breath as a tool. That's my definition. So, the you know meditation. Is a space that you can basically, you know, as a, a state, right? We talk about states of beingness, right? So right. your brain level will be like a probably more like a theta, we you're in a really good deep meditation. You know, like right now we're in like a beta, right? Like we're active, we're fully in. So breath work, meditation, very different. Breath work, you can use your breath to get into meditation. Meditation is a state that you can get into. Usually you're doing it for a period of time for whether it be, you know, clarity, for, you know, asking questions, for prayer, for gratitude. Whatever your, whatever your desired effect is for the, the, the meditation. But breath work, breath work's powerful, right? Because here's the thing, we're always carrying our breath, we're never without it, right? So it's a tool that we always have and it's the most effective tool we can have. It's more effective than cannabis, it's more effective than anything that we can do as far as a, a, a way to change your state in the present moment. So if you've never done, if you're out there listening, you've never done breath work, or you've never really done anything other than normal breathing, um, well, here's the thing. Most people are not breathing very well to begin with. So most people, I learned this probably about seven years ago and it totally changed my life, right? So most people breathe through your through your mouth or even through your nose, but through your chest, right? You kind of just, Right. We, in order to really, um, you know, let's say for breath work, you have to use, like you have two, you have like almost two uh, chambers of your lungs, right? So your, your bottom chambers, and then you have your upper chambers. So for breath work, you know, you want if you want to expand, you have to fill up your entire chambers. You have to start with your belly. So it's almost called like belly breathing. So you go, you breathe into your belly, go, and you can, you can fill up the top part of your lungs at the end. Point being, breath work is the fastest, most effective tool to come back to the present moment, to come back to your power, and to come back to any kind of like center. kind of like, you know, talk about like being in your power, in your center, right? So breath work is essentially just a tool for that, 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 you know, present moment power. And that sounds super simple, but the way we can use it I and mean, can, you, we can do, I mean, I, we could go here and I could probably do 15 different types of breathing to give you almost 15 different types of results. Right. So we could do a hyper oxygenated breathing where you feel fucking high. Right. And like, I've literally done sessions. I have a friend who does sessions. We actually have an in inner circle. We did a quick five-minute session. He does sixty-minute sessions where you do this hyper oxygen oxygenation, and it literally feels like you're on a psychedelic trip. Wow! So you lay down, you know, you keep your head slightly elevated, and you do like this um, this technique. And I highly recommend you doing it with somebody who's trained, or at least doing it with a partner, because it is—it's a—it's a—it's a—an altered state, right? So you can basically hyper-oxygenate your your body to a certain degree, and you feel—I mean, A, you feel amazing. But you feel like you literally go to a place where you have visualization, you have like different dream states. Like we're talking about states, right? You're gonna, gonna go probably into like a—I don't know what the the brainwave state would be, to be completely honest—but you're gonna be in like a completely different state just by breath, just by using your breath, right? Wow. So the point being breath can do so many things and it's always there. So it's the most important tool that I use on a daily basis because if there's ever like, actually, right. i turned on the thing. I was kind of waiting for you. I just stood up and if anyone's out there listening, it heard of Qigong, right? So Qigong, like Qi is energy. Qi is uh, right. Chinese for energy, right? So Qigong is basically just moving the energy around you. So like breath, you know, breath, when you breathe in, you feel this energy, right? Well, it's all around us, this life force energy. So it's Qigong is like this movement of energy while you're breathing, you're kind of just feeling into the space, but it really gets you grounded and really connected to not only your body and the physical space, but just, you know, the energy around you, if that makes sense. And if people are out there like, you know, I've never felt energy around me, that sounds crazy. Really start to practice with your breasts. And if you're a cannabis user, this is actually how I first got connected with it. When I first started using cannabis, I literally felt like my palms were vibrating. Like when I went like this, I could like feel the energy, right? So like the first time I ever had cannabis, it was really like lighting up my center, like all my chakras. And when I was first getting introduced to cannabis, I was kind of amazed that I was really like attuned to this energy that I never really felt before. You know, being a normal person, a person who didn't use breath work, a person who used alcohol and other things to kind of tune out the subtleties of my reality, it was really cool to really start to, get in tune with these subtle these subtle energies. And um, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but bring it back. Breath work is by far the most important thing that I do on a daily basis because it's always there. And I can use it If I'm arguing with my partner, I can stop and I can do like, you know, a very quick five to 10 second breath and I can come back to center. I have a two year old daughter. Sometimes she gets into a mm-hmm. space and I just have to like, you know, breathe out. And then sometimes, like say, right, before I get on here, and I can really like power up my chi and really bring my energy to the forefront. Um, and it's just it's just a great tool to use moment to moment because we're always dealing with some, something. We're always, like say, especially now in 2020, there's almost always something going on. So when something arises, something in that moment really like takes you by surprise. You're able to like basically, it's basically just a tool for emotional intelligence as opposed to letting your your thoughts and your emotions run wild you take your breath, you center yourself, you can come to like a practical space of knowing this where you don't feel like you have to act off emotion and then you can make more, um, you know, better, let's say more like say better decision, right? More uh, connected, intuitive decisions as opposed to emotional decisions.
0: That's really insightful. And I, I appreciate you going on that that tangent, but that was super, super, super helpful. So that got me thinking now, with COVID and with, you know, a lot of folks still working from home, a lot of us just don't have that transition or don't have that commute to and from the office that a lot of us complained about, but it actually served as a transition point and a a moment in time where we were able to kind of disconnect from personal life going into professional, then leaving all the baggage of our professional lives back at the office and then coming home and kind of being able to transition. Okay. Now I'm a dad, I'm a mom. I'm, you know, whoever you are in your personal life. life, Do you think that using breath work as a tool in the beginning of your day to kind of find your center, get focused and get into a state where, okay, now I'm prepared to kind of take on anything the day brings my way. And then also at the end of the day saying, okay, I've done what I've had to do, you know, professionally, quote unquote, now let me just kind of get into some breath work to help me close out that day and now transition over into another part of my day, which is kind of me leaving my work behind. Does that make sense? Or like, is that a way that you can use breath work? Absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely, for sure. And you would use two different types of breath work there, right? So in the morning you might do uh, like say, some sort of like, you know, get up breath work, right? And in the evening, maybe you do alternate nostril, you know, you know, breathing where you go and you exhale and breathe in, breathe out. And that that like balances the mind and kind of brings you to this like um calm presence, if you will. So that's a good one out there. If you ever anyone's feeling like super stressed or you're feeling like your brain's scattered, right? Or whatever it is, like you know, whatever. So you're, there's two hemispheres there's two hemispheres of your brain. If you're able to connect them, that makes it doesn't make a ton of sense to us, but if you're able to connect them, um, you feel better, you feel more aligned. So studies have shown that the, the the nostril breathing is able to somehow you know align the the hemispheres of the brain energetically like say there's all this energy moving around if it's all scattered with your thoughts basically you know inhale through one exhale through the other inhale through that one exhale through the other and just basically you've one finger each side if you do that for 30 seconds if you do that for a minute your whole state is guaranteed to change guaranteed so just try some stuff like say we can go over a bunch of different types if you want but basically just just even stopping with your breath and taking 30 seconds and if you inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth you're automatically going to feel better so if you take three five deep breaths whatever whatever you can do in 30 seconds and you just you stop do that for 30 seconds your state is going to be completely different and with that of course comes a lot of things like you know we can we can breathe and still think you know you know, thoughts that keep our mind going and keep our breath out of whack. So we really, the breath is just the, the starting point. So if anyone's ever done yoga or anything like that, they're always saying, focus on the breath, right? Well, focusing on the breath is basically just bringing you back to your center. It's not letting your mind wander about the, the challenges you have or the things you have to do next. So in the evening, maybe if you're going to wind down, do some alternate nostril breathing, do some thoughts of gratitude of, of winds of the day or whatever. And then for me, like I, if I didn't get anything done or if something, man, there's something managed, you know, something kind of, bug me for the day, right? Or I do a, a release or some sort of like, oh, I can, you know, thank you for that reminder. I'm going to do that first thing tomorrow or whatever the future potential is. Because here's the thing, our mind never shuts off, right? Even when we're sleeping, it's still literally moving we're still dreaming. We're still actively creating memory, actively recovering, all of that. So it's really important to give your unconscious mind um, commands, right? So it's like, thank you for thinking about that. We're, we're good for the night. We'll, we'll deal with that tomorrow. And um, the more you can do that, it sounds so stupid. I remember I, when I first heard people talking about like basically kind of talking to yourself, it feels really, really silly. It feels extremely silly, but the results don't lie. And I've been working with people for like almost eight, nine years now, and the subconscious mind is extremely, extremely powerful. And if we can use it to our advantage on a day to day basis, uh, it just it, it takes away a lot of struggle. And we talk, people talk about flow states and this and that. But it's really that people are just struggling with their mind of things that they need to do, things they want to do, things they should do, all of these things. And when we can kind of let that unconscious mind be at ease and let it know that it's all going to be OK, we're, when we're actively working towards the things we want to do, there's just a, an ease and flow there that um, you know helps you throughout the journey that will you know keep you less stressed, keep you more at your peak states. And overall, at the end of the day, just keep you feeling more energetic and happier as opposed to feeling run down and, and you know, beat up, so to speak.
0: It makes so much sense. And so is this what you just described? Is this something that you work on with a lot of your clients when you're coaching them to just be, you know, the the best versions of themselves to bring you know, bring it every single day,
1: day in and day out? It's definitely part of it. Like I mentioned, the breath is the single most important tool, just because it's always there. It's so easy to use. And it's so effective. So for me, I'm all about results efficiency and results is how my mind works so it's always with you you never have to carry it around it always works and you have tools that you know get you certain outcomes it's like i could not teach that to people right
0: yeah no that's that makes so much sense i love the concept of the fact that you don't have to carry it with you right because it's always with you and so it's a tool use it
1: yeah and, and like i was saying at the beginning of that Learn how to really breathe. Like, that sounds kind of trivial and juvenile, and maybe you're offended that I say you don't know how to breathe well, but literally, like, look into it. Like, if you can change your breath patterns, you can start there. Start That'll change things to begin with, because most people are not getting the type of oxygen they need, and that's why you feel stressed. That's why you feel foggy, all of these things. So, yeah, I mean, just starting with breathing properly I think would be a great – you know, start for anyone, and then from there, using the intentional breath in moments, say before you go on an interview, before you have that you know sales call, before you know after you're done with your work, before you go to your wife or whatever. Like you know, just being able to stop and know within 30 seconds you can change your state. That's and that's a very empowering thought, right? It's a very empowering, you know, mindset to say, hey, no matter what's going on, within 30 seconds I can change my state. I can be who I want to be. I can be whatever, you can call yourself Superman, whatever you want, whatever best self you want to embody and envision, you can be it within basically within 30 seconds with some practice.
0: That's powerful, especially with, with how quickly things move and how we want things done yesterday to know that we have a tool that's literally always with us. You can't get rid of it. And we can use it to unlock a better version of ourselves or just kind of achieve a better state of mind in as little as thirty seconds, or you know, maybe sixty seconds if we're kind of you know new to this, um, that's just that's incredible and it's, it's really powerful. So, with that said, I wanted to ask you: Do you have you know maybe one or two tips for the listeners for achieving optimal flow state? Because throughout the day, a lot of us are kind of hunkered down at our desks, at our computers, uh, maybe you know just kind of stuck on the phone all day, whatever it may be. And sometimes it just feels like there's a million notifications coming in at once, the phone's going off, emails are, are coming in, and you just don't know, do you turn left? Do you turn right? Where do I go? And so a lot of us kind of have that scattered brain feeling throughout the day. So how what would you suggest that anybody at home could just do right here, right now to kind of get themselves in a better state of mind, possibly even Trying to get one step closer to achieving flow state to just make the most of their day.
1: Great, another great question. Um, flow states are a, an interesting thing. Um, if anyone knows who Stephen Kotler is, the Flow Genome Project—they've been studying it for a decade now. Um, being a, a former motocross racer when I was younger, um, you know, I achieved flow states and didn't really know it. Anyone who's been an athlete or a performer, or a musician, anything. Like anyone who's been in that space, um, everyone, everyone's had a flow state from time to time. Some people have more than others. Some people get there intentionally now, but in general, we've all experienced flow. You know, it's that 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 feeling of like connected. You know, doing something a little bit hard, but like not like way above your thing, um, but feeling like it's effortless and feeling like you knew how to do this your entire life, right? And um, you know, flow is an interesting thing because. Here's the thing. People like to think, oh, just some magical flow state and I'll jump into it and I can do whatever I want. Mm, Not really. Flow is basically the state that you get in when you already have the skills. It's like basically preparation meets opportunity, right? So you have to already have the skills. You have to already have the embodiment. You have to already have certain things in order to really activate flow more consistently, because like I say, we've all experienced it. It's not some mystical state that only certain people experience. We've all experienced it from time to time. And um, we're in, your question was what practices you can do. So for me, I say going back, breath you know, breath is definitely the best tool. And it is definitely a good practice that you can take in a moment to moment to get centered Say it gets you into a flow state would be a little bit of a lie, though. I mean, it can get you centered, which then can get you into a flow state. But your mm-hmm. breath isn't necessarily going to just bring you to a flow state. And to be honest, there's no one thing that just gets you to a flow state. Like flow is like it's like a building, right? It's like all these little blocks have to have to show up in order for the building to show up. So for flow, you know, you need, like say you need to have a challenge. It has to be what they say they, they recommend 4%, which how do you calculate 4%? But basically 4% harder than your current level of skills, like so, just a little bit harder than you know how to do. Um, of course, your presence, like in in flow states, you're completely present, right? There's no, you know, you're not thinking about the past, you're not worried about the future, you're just being, right? You're just completely present, and everything's just kind of moving through you in the moment. Um, so, in order to get to these states, like think about that state, like a, a state of like essence of flow, of like not working, of not trying, of not pushing, of not hustling. Um, you know, in order to really to really get there and to really achieve these flow states, in my experience, people have to believe that they can experience them. They have to believe that they have the skills. They have to believe that it's possible. Because if you think that everything's hard and that only certain people can have flow or that only certain people this and that, you're not going to experience flow. You're not going to experience anything if you don't believe in. So, really, belief I think is one of the main core tenets, really, to anything but even specifically to flow states. So how you get belief, right? Well, practice, right? We believe what we've experienced. We believe what we know to be true from our embodiment. So flow is just like this, this preparation meets, you know, this, this uh, state, right? So of course, flow states, people want to, you know, in their work or just in general, mainly within your work, whether you're speaking, whether you're on camera, whether you're, you know, Coaching, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, in order to get when you get a flow state, you just, A, you feel amazing, you do better work, and you know, it's just all all around much better. And so in order to get there, you need to have a consistent practice of of being um, in a state of belief and then in a state of surrender, which is the ultimate thing which most people struggle with in order to get into flow, right? Because most people like myself, like yourself, are high, high achievers. We have Ego, we have things that we need to get done, that we want to achieve, that we desire, right? Well, flow kind of says, well, flow doesn't really care about that. Flow is all about what skills you have and what belief you have in them in order to embody it. That seems super simple, but that's basically it. So if you have skills, so whether you're, you know, you're going to be a speaker or whatever your skill is, um, it's really about then finding your presence, your power in the moment in order to embody that skill, embody that, whatever that, um, you know, work is, whatever that, um, you know, whatever it is you're doing, whether it be a sport or, or, or anything, right? So flow generally shows up when you're super, you know, skilled in something, not super, but skilled enough in something. And then you are having fun generally, like you're going at it in the space of like, this is something like say, when you're doing it to like, win or not even win wins, not bad, but like if you're doing it to like beat someone or to like negatively, you know, like people, people have these, these visions of like, I'm going to crush the competition. Right. Well, you know, flow doesn't care about that. Flow cares about your peak state and your peak state has nothing to do with them. Right. It has literally nothing to do with anyone else. It only has something to do with you. So if you have, if you focus on yourself and you believe in your skills and you believe in uh, you know, everything that you're, 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 stepping into, um, You know, being an action sports star, I grew up with motocross and and snowboarding and skateboarding. And you see all these amazing people like Tony Hawk and um, blanking on the other skater that jumped the Great Wall of China. Who's the guy that jumped over the Great Wall of China like 10 years ago? Dude, the guy had a broken, he tried it one time, broke his foot, and then he still jumped 150 feet over the Great Wall of China with a broken foot you know, that's flow state. Like you can't do that in any other state. Like you can't, you can't have that amount of pain, that amount of adrenaline and everything going through your body without being in that state. And, you know, those people, those people excel at flow the most because they have to, for them it's flow or die. And when you get into those spaces, and that's why I think flow was created for us as humans, like, we were you know we're, we're survivors you know we're, we're you know, whatever so in order to survive the people who were able to like believe in their skills and just fully be present whether you're hunting or being hunted that was the states right that was the flow it was like flow or die and the people who are, are excelling the most in these flow states are these people who are basically it's either flow or die whether you're on a motorcycle a skateboard a snowboard whatever it is there's high 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 consequences so bringing that back, it's it can be generally hard for normal people to get into flow on a day to day basis, a, because maybe they're not as as um, you know believe they don't believe in their skills. they just don't believe in themselves as much. Sometimes that's not a problem. Some people have really high belief in their skills, but then they don't have the surrender needed in order to like to really fall into a flow. because like so you can't force flow. You can't be like, I'm gonna flow. I mean, I'm just gonna like you, know, <laughs> you can't do it. It's literally a state that you have to like surrender into. And that can be really, really challenging for certain high driving type A you know, mindset people. So in order to find flow, you really have to practice, like say, morning meditation for me is, is crucial. So if you're not, if I'm, if I'm not having a space of, of stillness, you know, a space of where I'm able to give gratitude. And then for me, it's a space of envisioning. Every morning I do a visualization of how I want my, my day to go. Um, I visualize myself being at peak states, for like this call, I envisioned us having this conversation to a certain degree of me speaking and me just feeling good, whatever, right? So every morning I do a visualization and the subconscious mind works in pictures. So if we're able to visualize what we want to have happen, our subconscious mind already has the blueprint, already has the sort of visualization of that happening. And the studies have shown if you're able to visualize it and feel it, so when we visualize things, if we close our eyes and we visualize a tiger coming at us and we really get clear on it, we're going to feel this, this sort of like adrenaline and like this like stuff start to build in our body, right? Because our body can't tell the difference. Our body literally can't tell the difference from a, a visualization or something that's really happening. So when we can visualize things and actually take on the energy of it and basically create a blueprint for your body and mind before you do it that's the best way towards like flow states, the best ways towards, you know, just basically being at your best, which is flow states. So I I kind of dropped a lot there. I'll just pause there.
0: No, that's, that, that's perfect. And so is that actually kind of a follow-up question to what you just said? Is that kind of why, so uh, personal note, I'm terrified of heights. Mm -hmm. And is that why if a friend of mine is telling me about their skydiving experience and it's a very detailed narration of their experience. I'm sitting there and I could literally feel my legs starting to tingle and my hands starting to sweat. And I'm just, my heart's, I could feel my heart like starting to just, you know, beat a little bit faster. Is that why? Because I'm actually subconsciously just visualizing all of that taking place.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like anything else. Like think about like a, a you know, a friend or a partner that was just crying, right. Just like full on, like either sad or anger, or whatever. And you're like around them. Did you ever feel that energy? Like, oh my God, just like I feel so I can feel there, I can feel the energy that they're feeling, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so absolutely, we're we are very, I mean, certain people shut it off and aren't as attuned to, it, but we're very empathetic beings, right? So we're able to literally put ourselves in that position and feel what it would feel like, right? And and it, it comes from visuals though. So the more not everyone's as visually oriented, but our subconscious mind is, so the bit more visually a uh, detailed someone gets with their experience. And like, say, if you were to close your eyes and like actually picture yourself on it, you're going to start to feel the almost the exact same things that they would. So if you're afraid of heights, I had tell you to close your eyes and envision yourself, you know, sitting on the step of a, of a plane about ready to jump out. I could get you to a point where your heart rate's probably at 150 or whatever, right? Because it's just, your body doesn't know. Your body's it's just there. It's just responding. Your body is literally just responding. And this is the computer driving it. So the, the subconscious mind is driving everything, like everything, 90% of all actions are unconsciously done. We don't think about them. So that 10% of things that you're actually choosing, 90% of the other ones are already being chosen for you.
0: Wow. My mind is blown, man. I feel, I feel like I could go down this rabbit hole for another five hours.
1: <laughs> well, the subconscious mind is a very deep topic. And there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of research, there's a lot of really cool things going on with that that most people just aren't aware of. Yeah,
0: no, this is, it's so fascinating and it's, it's really interesting how if you tap into it and you figure out how it works, you can actually use it to unlock, you know, how to be a more productive person, how to be more efficient with your time, how to, you know, manage your emotions a lot better. So it's it's just so interesting to me. So Matt, with all of that said, what new and exciting things are you working on right now in the cannabis space that everybody should be aware about?
1: Yeah, uh, thank you. We're we're excited to be playing in the space and really connecting community here. Um, say my my background is outside of the space, uh, coming from more of a corporate and, and working with uh, startups. And um, you know, I, just being a consumer and an advocate of this plant, looking at the industry for the last five years, um, I've been wanting to get in and, and to do some things within the space. And uh, you know, twenty nineteen really kind of lent itself to do that for me. Um, you know, I decided to start doing some masterminds and bringing people together in the CBD space uh, I got connected with my now business partner mr. Arai, mr cannabis Kit Beckman and um, you know the the whole opportunity of bringing community bringing collaborative spirit and bringing trust and integrity into the industry is really the the, the um, you know what I really want to bring where I really want to see manifest from what we're doing because as we've mentioned previously, obviously, we're in unprecedented times, there's uh, you know, crazy things happening, and cannabis is becoming more legal everywhere over the country, and there's going to be, um, there's already a tipping point, where there's going to be, there needs to be a, a, you know, a stigma tipping point, if you will, and we want embodied leaders that are working within the industry, that are consuming cannabis, and have, like, say, have these blueprints of how to use it better, how to use it at your, at your peak. Um, but long story short is we really want to build community and the idea of my background in leadership and in executive coaching and, and um, you know, embodiment practices compared or, or you know, paired with my business partner, Rye, his, his expertise in the whole CBD cannabis business now for, for seven years, I think he's been fully in the industry. You know, we really want to kind of collide those two worlds and have really amazing cannabis leaders embodied in this industry and really have them take the take the lead um you know both from a business and a societal and or you know social standpoint so of course we started you know we hosted our, our first event just over a year ago a couple of days ago and um you know we were building up we were hopefully going to be doing monthly monthly mixers and doing quarterly retreats where we bring in transformational you know breath work experts i have a really great friend who teaches breath work um, you know, stuff like this where we can learn and grow and, and be better leaders, be better executives for our for our, our businesses and for our families and for everything. And, um, you know, we're starting this group called the Inner Circle. And we've basically been doing similar type of informational um, downloads with people doing masterminds around topics. And uh, I say our goal is to bring people physically together in person so that we can have, uh, you know, connections, so we can have um, synergistic ideas, and so we can mastermind on on best practices and ways to elevate our whole industry and elevate our businesses, so that we can so we can be the embodiment of conscious cannabis, of cannabis companies who are doing things both societally alignment and, of course, business and you know best practices alignment. So we're really just looking to bring the industry together, have everyone not everyone, but have people who are of like mind collaborate. And uh, to really just bring some integrity and some, you know, some trust. Because without trust, I feel like any industry is going to be, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a long slog, and there's going to be a lot of pain and challenge points if people don't trust each other, if not willing to work together. So we basically created a whole online membership. People can check it out, innercircle.biz. Um, you know, that's going to be the the virtual portion of what we do. And then we'll say we're going to be doing physical in-person events and retreats starting in first quarter of 2021. We're in Southern California, but considering everything going on with California, we're not sure, you know, what the physical um, restrictions will be. So we'll, we'll play that as we go here, but um, people I'm having people reach out to me, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are really excited to get back in person and have events. And um, you know, cannabis is such a, it's a communal thing, right? Like people getting together, people connecting and there's definitely obviously been a lack of that in 2020 for good reason potentially, but in general, people are excited to get back and people are really wanting to physically connect and just you know be in be in the same space as people because you know, as much as I love to connect with people across the country on Zoom, it's just not the same. It's just not the same kind of experience. You know, we talk about energy, right? It's really hard to transmute energy via these, these devices, but it's really easy to do standing in front of a person, you know, people face to face.
0: I totally agree with you. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I wish we could, you know, we could do this podcast, maybe one day in the future, we could do a podcast like this, where we're actually, you know, sitting next to each other. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And so for folks that are, you know, maybe looking for an executive or somebody with a background in executive coaching like yourself, uh, maybe they need somebody to kind of look to for accountable information and things like that. What's the best way for them to connect with you and reach out to you?
1: Yeah, I do I do executive coaching as well. I'm very limited with that just because of my time, but I'm happy to reach out or happy to help anyone on, in you know in that area. Um, my email is Matt at Mr. super easy to remember. Um, feel free to reach out, like say on there or any platforms, uh, Mr. Cannabis Events or Mr. Cannabis USA on Instagram. Yeah, we're here to uh, we're here to really connect with the leaders in the industry who are wanting this. Um, definitely not for everyone. You know, they say we came into the industry. Um, mostly with open arms, but definitely with a lot of people, some people going like, Hey, like, you know, this isn't what I signed up for. I don't want this or whatever. And that's great because without that, you know, you we, know, we, being being polarizing is not a bad thing and being polarizing in a way that's bringing people together and whatever is going to be the best thing because not to say the people who don't join us are going to be whatever, but like, you know, people are really looking to, um, to collaborate or not even collaborate, just lean on each other. Cause here we are in 2020, you know, being a very isolated industry anyway, um, you know, having ever consistent legislation and, and you know, marketing practices evolving, um, people are feeling lost and people are really just struggling in order to like, hey, like, how do I gain market share with my business? Hey, how do I stay afloat, right, in 2020? And there's just so many things going on that as if you're a solopreneur, even if you have a small team, it's overwhelming. It's just those so much so many things you get to do on a day to day basis that if you don't have support or someone to just say, if you had a, you know, if you're part of the inner circle, you you, you drop a question, boom, within hours you get multiple responses or we'll respond to you or whatever. Right. And it's just such a good feeling to feel supported. Like in 2020, if nothing else, everybody needs to feel supported, both in their business, in their personal life, everything. Just just to have that support, it's next level. It's game changer.
0: Yeah. Matt, thank you so much for, sharing your time with us today. And for really for for bringing an abundance of information to the table. Uh, I myself found it super valuable. I'm going to try to incorporate some breath work into my mornings and afternoons and evenings. And I'm sure the listeners are going to walk away with a handful of actionable items that they can do if they're interested in this stuff as well. So ladies and gentlemen, Matt Ritchie, Matt, thank you so much for coming on as a guest on the major journey podcast. And I'm super excited to have you back on.
1: Yeah. Appreciate you having me, Mike. Definitely, uh, definitely excited to maybe do this in person. Maybe we can have a, a physical uh, a podcast or some sort of uh, experience. Um, we can do some breath work together or, or something like that. So happy to do it again sometime. Awesome.
0: All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. We will check in with you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi y'all, I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.